Amen. You may be seated. You love God this morning? And He loves you too. Amen. Let's give God a hand. There we go. By the way, you may know uh, Darcy Rossetti is part of our worship team and is responsible for producing and lots of different things. And she had a baby this past Friday, a little boy named Ryan. So I just want to let you know that. Thank you. All right. I want you to take your uh, sermon outlines out and uh, turn to Galatians chapter 5 in your New Testament as we continue our journey in this third message of our series called The Sweet Life. And we look at the fruit of the Spirit and how the character of Christ uh, that it represents can come through our lives. And uh, this morning we're going to look at three aspects of the character of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, that deal specifically with relationships. Let me ask you a question. How many of you could use some help in getting along with others better? Let me see your hands. Okay? And those of you who didn't raise your hands are the people they need to learn to get along with better with. All right? But that's uh, what we're going to look at. So I want to dive right in and talk about the, the first fruit of the Spirit that we're going to refer to today. And so I want you to write this down. Uh, one of the fruits that will transform relationships is the fruit of patience. Transform your relationships by the supernatural fruit of, you say it. You said that with such joy. All right, patience. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Let's read it together out loud. But the fruit of the Spirit is love Joy, peace, patience. Stop right there. I want you to underline patience. I want you to circle it, highlight it, put two exclamation points behind it because it is something that we don't naturally produce. We don't naturally produce patience. Patience is hard work for so many of us. I heard about a guy that uh, got a phone call on his cell phone from his wife saying, I need you to stop at the grocery store and pick up a few things. So, he stopped at the grocery store and walked in and started wandering aimlessly down the aisles. Any other men struggle with that besides me? I, I don't go often enough, and when I do go, it takes me, you know, 15 minutes to do five minutes of work. Well, while this guy's wandering aimlessly up and down the aisles, he encounters another father who has a cart and his three-year-old son sitting in the cart. And the observer goes by and he hears the, the boy whining, I want a candy bar, I want a candy bar, I want a candy bar. And he hears the father saying, Billy, this is going to be okay. It's not going to take too long. Calm down. And then, you know, he goes by him and comes down the next aisle and there's the same father with the boy. And now the boy is not only whining, I want a candy bar, but he's doing it several octaves higher and, uh, and, and, you know, very loud and really making a scene. But he's absolutely amazed because there's that father. The father is unflappable. The father's saying, now, Billy, this is going to be all right. We're going to be out of here really soon. Just relax, calm down, take a deep breath. And then he passes him another time by the dairy aisle. But by now, uh, the little boy is even a few more octaves higher. He's red in the face. He's banging his hands in the car. I want a candy bar. I want a candy bar. I want a candy bar. And there's the father. And the father's like, this is going to be okay, Billy. We're going to get through this. 
just relax, it's all right, don't worry about it, just calm down. And then finally they meet up at the checkout line and the father and the little boy are ahead of the observer and as they're going through the checkout line, this little boy is screaming, his face is red, his hands are banging on the cart, he's kicking his feet, still yelling and wanting that candy bar, but the father is absolutely, it's just a model of perfection. He's just... Billy, we're almost through this thing. It's going to be all right. In just a moment, we're going to be outside. It's okay. And he pays his bill, and he goes out with a screaming, kicking kid. The other man pays his bill right away, and he runs to catch up. And as he's running to catch up, he hears the father saying, See, Billy, it's okay. we're, We're through. It's okay. And the observer taps him on the shoulder, and he says, Sir, I just have to tell you something. I I am so impressed. I am am so overwhelmed by how you handled your little boy, Billy. And the father turns around and looks at him. He says, you don't get it, do you? I'm Billy. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) patience. Patience, right? You got to practice patience. And uh, I have a patience inventory to give you, okay? So question number one. Here we go. Ready? I like the delay when people finally, oh, I get it. Uh, Number one, when you feel wronged, how many of you felt wronged at least once this week? When you feel wronged, is your first inclination to fight back or do you wait for things to calm down so you can reasonably approach the situation? Question number two, when your plans get interrupted, how many have had your plans interrupted lately? Oh, look at us. When your plans get interrupted, do you see it as part of God's sovereign plan or do you get frustrated and angry question number three when you don't get results right away how many like results right away besides me when you don't get results right away do you quit just give up say well forget it or do you persevere ahead while waiting for something to happen you know sometimes life comes at us like 90 miles an hour a hurricane of force and wind and resistance and it pushes on us and it's one thing to deal with that for a day it's another thing to deal with that for a week or for a month but when it seems like your whole year is like that when it's day after day of just being uh caught up in adversity it's really hard to be patient what is this word patient anyway well it comes from a greek word makrothume and that is a combination of actually two words. The first word is macro, and that word, macro, means, means long, okay? And then the word thume comes from the word thymus, and that word means anger. So literally, the word means long-suffering. Say that with me. Long, no, 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 no. You want short suffering. Ready? Ready? Long suffering. It means literally to have a long fuse. Literally, it means when people are opposing you, when, when it's your spouse or your children or your coworker or the person who cuts you off in traffic or steals your parking spot downtown Naperville. It means, it means that you have a short, it means that you have a long fuse, right? I almost said short fuse. That happened to me this week. Um, it means to have a long fuse. It means that you withhold revenge. You, with, you withhold anger. You don't try to get even. So I want to ask you a question this morning. How is your macrothume? Right? How, how are you on patience? Now, obviously, 
Um, you and I can't produce that kind of patience. And we can fake it once in a while, but to ultimately be able to produce it, we can't do it. It's not within our nature. So we're not talking about a patience we uh, produce. We're talking about a patience that God produces. So let me ask you a question. What happens when you get squeezed by life? What happens when uh, other people compress you with their problems and their issues and their concerns? What happens when you feel pressure coming on at work or at home and you get squeezed? What does it produce out of you? Does it, does it produce patience? Now, I want to talk to you about how to experience patience in your life, okay? And I want to suggest to you that the, the first thing that needs to happen is that you need to um, get rid of your negative connotation about about patience. Most of us treat patience like it's a dirty word, like it's a disease that you want to avoid, right? Ugh, patience. Don't even like to talk about it. I mean, have you ever heard somebody say, never pray for patience, right? Um, because if you pray for patience. Now, when they do that, listen to me carefully, that is bad theology. That is bad doctrine. Of course you should pray for patience. So you don't, so when you face adversity, you don't blow up. Patience is a gift that God's given you in order to deal with the adversities of life that normally come from people. I mean, this assumption, never pray and ask God for patience, is the assumption that God is up there and God's just like waiting and the angels of heaven are just waiting. Oh, I hope Dale prays for patience today. Oh, he prayed for patience today. Go get that bucket of trials. Let's pour it on him and watch how he handles it. Oh, look at how he blew it. Oh, yeah, let's play reruns of that again. That's how we look at it. Like, Like God is some cosmic monster. That's not the case. What we're talking about here is the what of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit. Do you think that God, do you think that God produces sad, uh, uh, bad or sour fruit? What do you think? No. And yet he calls patience a what? He calls patience a fruit. So when you and I are, are going through life and we face struggles like we do, God says that he wants us to produce the fruit of of patience in our life. And so I wish I could make up the balcony in time, but I can't. So I, I have squeezed some oranges and I have some fresh orange juice. Who'd like to try it? Okay? You want one? All right. I got to go over to this side over here. Who'd like one over there? <coughs> okay. I saw your hand up right away. All right. Now, uh, those of you who got the fresh orange juice, would you, would you taste it? You want one? Okay. Would you taste it? Okay, how's it taste? Like this guy's passing it down the aisle. I'll be careful, you guys. All right, all right. How's it taste? Tastes pretty good, right? Sweet, right? And and refreshing and enjoyable. That's listen to me. I this is a new learning for me this week. Okay, maybe I'm just really superficial. It was a new learning for me this week. God intends patience to be. A sweet nectar produced out of our lives when we face adversity. Have you ever thought about that? That patience is a good thing? That patience is sweet? That is one of God's fruits for us? So if I'm going to produce patience, number one, I've got to get rid of a negative connotation about patience. Number two, if I'm going to produce patience, I have to understand it's a choice. It's a fruit that God gives me, but it's a choice in my life. 
I love what Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 says. Read it with me. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion. How do, you, how do you put patience on? Well, when I got up this morning, I went into the closet and I took this shirt off the hanger and I put the shirt on and I buttoned it up. I put on my shirt. How do you put on patience? I want to suggest to you, you put on patience this way. First of all, you just pray and you say to God, God, I'm giving you control of my whole life. My sins are confessed. I don't, under, I don't believe I'm grieving your spirit in any way. And so I believe that whatever happens in my life today, that you are allowing it, God. And I may not understand why you're allowing it, but I believe you're allowing it. And so, God, I can wait. I can wait with that uh, adversity. I can wait if it doesn't work out. I can wait whatever you send me because I believe you're in what? You're in control. That's how you clothe yourself with patience can you pray that can you pray that every day can you say god i don't understand this but whatever happens today i believe you're allowing it that's how i'm beginning to pray i need to pray i need to put on patience every day i am very impatient thirdly thirdly when you and i practice patience it makes room for god to work in miraculous ways have you ever thought about that See, God, God wants to work his will out in your life. And sometimes that requires patience. I like what it says in Philippians 2.13. Say it with me. For it is God who works in you. Let's say it again. It's God who what? Works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. You ever thought about this? There have been times in my life when I've been impatient and I've jumped the gun. I've tried to solve a situation. I've tried to work it out. I've tried to change it. I've tried to do what I thought was best or I've reacted negatively to it. And man, I've made it worse instead of better. But there have been times in my life when I have cooled off, when I've backed off, and I have seen God work the situation out, and it's been absolutely wonderful to see his hand at work and just been amazing. And sometimes what God has done has not been a miracle in somebody else's life. It's been a miracle in my life. How many of you are spouses? How many of you spouses ever have spats? Spatting spouses, right? It happens. And I don't know about you, but on the occasional time when Marsha and I will have, <clears throat> will have a spat, I, I'm the kind of person that likes to react right away to it, okay? I'm Dutch, got the Dutch temper thing going on. I want to just get in there and solve this thing and show her where she's wrong, right? Okay? Now, that's just me, you know? I'm, I'm going to make this thing right. But as I've gotten a little bit older, a little bit wiser, I try to observe, try to observe the 24-hour rule. Back off, shut down, shut up, wait 24 hours. And it's amazing how, how my perspective will change and how oftentimes I'll see that I'm the jerk. And I'm the one that needs to change it. I am the cause 99.9% of the time. Is that okay? <laughs> All right? And, and it's my anniversary tomorrow. Anyway, and so, uh, and, and then, you know, and then I go, I'm so glad I bit my tongue. I'm so glad I shut my mouth. Because now it's not an issue anymore. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Do you see how patience pays off? Do you see that? It's a beautiful thing. How many, how many say, how many would agree with me now? Patience is beautiful. It's a gift. It's a wonderful fruit. You should pray and ask God for it so that you can deal with life. Say, but when I pray for patience, things seem to get worse. They don't get worse. Here's what happens. You pray for patience, all of a sudden your eyes open up. You see how impatient you've been. 
And you realize, oh, I really do need patience. Number two. Number two, transform relationships by the supernatural fruit of kindness. Of kindness. Let's read together Ephesians 5.22 out loud, please. But the, Ephesians 5.22, back one more. There we go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Stop. Underline kindness. Circle it. Highlight it. Put two exclamation marks by it. Because it doesn't come naturally for us either. This is the fruit of who? Of the Spirit. Now let's read Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness. All right, stop. Now you guys are all saying that kind of like in a baritone. Okay? And I understand why. That was pretty low. But verse 32 is kind of, kind of positive. So let me hear a little more cheer. Ready? Begin. Be that, that sounded really good. All right. Be what and compassionate? Be kind. Let's do a kindness uh, inventory. Question number one. Do you look at people as individuals or do you have a tendency to lump them in a group? Which is a dangerous thing because when you lump people in a group, you can become very stereotypical of them and negative. Where you see everyone as an individual that you must react to. Question number two. When others rub you the wrong way. How many have been rubbed the wrong way uh, recently? When others rub you the wrong way, is your immediate reaction to think of some way to express God's love towards them? I think we all failed. Question number three. Are you willing to adapt yourself to someone else in order to reach out and express God's love to them? In other words, will you go out of your way? Will you get on your knees to serve them? If they're uh, of a different background than you, ethnically, socially, whatever, will you try your best to, to be, uh, without insulting them, to be like them? In other words, relate to them where they are like a missionary would and, and express kindness to them? This word kindness that's used here in the Greek, Christothes, is a word that literally means, Christothes means compassion, consideration, sympathy, to be humane. And it's a broad word. It's not just kindness to people. It is kindness to God's creation as well. Kindness, like God is kind. I want you to take your Bibles for a moment and I want you to turn with me to Titus chapter uh, 3. Titus chapter 3. And I want you to look at a passage of scripture with me that I think is very crucial in understanding kindness. Now, I want to read it to you from the New Living Translation um, and I'll be on the screen for a moment, but I want you to have it in your Bible because I want you to memorize this passage, okay, if you can. But here's what it says. It says, once we, too, were foolish and disobedient, We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. That's like our old life. I love verse 4. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, his what? He saved us, and because of the righteous things we had done, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he washed away our sins. Love that. Giving us a new birth, new life through the Holy Spirit. Wow! The Holy Spirit resident in you and in me. He generous. Don't you love this? Look what it says. New life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit 
upon us through Christ Jesus our Savior. Man, a lot of us are living in spiritual poverty today because our life doesn't exhibit the fact that the Holy Spirit's been poured on us and, and into us. Don't you want to know the fullness of that this morning? Fullness of Spirit living in you? Well, that's all about the kindness of God. And there are three aspects of God's kindness that I want to say He wants to express through you and me. One of them is this. Listen, God is always the initiator of kindness. If you look at that passage carefully, while we are still sinners, Romans 5, 8 says, while we are still sinners, Christ demonstrates his love toward us. God always initiates kindness, and that's not how you and I operate. Normally, we react with kindness. We wait for somebody else to show it to us first. If you have the fruit of kindness in your life, you can't help but initiate it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not something you do back to somebody else. Again, how many of us are spouses? How many of us are still living at home with our parents? Yes. How many of you have friends? How many of you have a boss, a co-worker? Have you ever done something nice for them? Have you ever been kind to your spouse, kind to your parents, kind to your kids, kind to a boss, kind to a friend, and they didn't notice? And they didn't notice? And they didn't notice? Finally, you looked at them and you said, do you know how much time I spent doing that? Do you know what that cost me? Do you know how many extra hours I put into that? You don't appreciate me, do you? Well, you just flushed kindness down the toilet at that point. Because what you did was not truly kindness, was it? You just did it to get something back. See, kindness does not demand anything back. It's kind for the sake of kindness. Secondly, notice that the way God showed us kindness was he put on our skin. He became man in order to demonstrate God's kindness. The way you and I demonstrate kindness is we, we come alongside others. We, we get in the boat with them. We go the extra mile with them. I already talked about this. We, we adapt to where they are in order to express kindness to them. Thirdly, notice that kindness is is colorblind kindness doesn't look at the color of someone's skin Uh, kindness is 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 blind to socioeconomic issues it doesn't care whether one is rich or poor or in between kindness kindness just reaches out to whoever is around listen carefully kindness even reaches out to unkind people the kind of kindness we're talking about is kindness even to our enemies when you really have the kindness of God in your life, the fruit of kindness, it, listen, it just comes out to everybody around you, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done. All right, number three, this will change your relationships. Write this down. Transform your relationships by the supernatural fruit of goodness, of goodness. Let's say Galatians 5.22 again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, Stop. Goodness. Underline it. Highlight it. Put exclamation marks behind it. Because the kind of goodness that we're talking about here is not a goodness that I can produce. It is the goodness of God. The Greek word is agathunes. Agathunes. And it speaks of God's, God's goodness. Now, why is God good? Look what Psalm 107 says. Say it with me out loud. Give thanks to the Lord for He is what? He is good. And only God is good. Listen, 
I know that you and I try to be good and we have a certain amount of goodness in us, but take my goodness compared to God's goodness and mine is as filthy rags. See, kindness is the system that God uses to deliver his goodness to us. And when you and I act in kindness, God uses our kindness to deliver not our goodness, not a goodness that originates from us, but a goodness that originates from God. And the only way I can be good is if I experience God's goodness. And I love Psalm 34, verse 1. You read it for me, will you please? Do you see what, what did that say? How's it start? What and see? Taste and see. Who like, uh, I got a little bit more freshly squeezed orange juice. All right. Anybody else over here? Sure. All right. What's it say? What and see? Taste and see. Taste and see. God is what? God is refreshing. God is sweet. God is good. I love it when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, Good teacher, what thing must I do to inherit life? And Jesus looks at him and look at what he says in Matthew 19, 17. He says to him, why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. And he was standing right in front of the rich young ruler. In other words, do you recognize I am God? Oh, God is good, isn't he? Has God been good to you? I want you to listen to the song that Daryl's going to sing. And I want you to make a mental list of how good God has been given to you. Let's listen and enjoy. Let's all stand together. All right, let me ask you some questions before we go tonight or this morning. First of all, has God been patient with you? Oh, man, has he ever been patient with me, right? Hasn't God shown you his kindness? And, and in his kindness, didn't he deliver you his goodness? Huh? Well, how have you experienced God's goodness this morning? Well, listen, while you were still a sinner, he chose you to be his child. And he pardoned you from all your sins. You are absolutely forgiven this morning. And he declares you not guilty. Is that not good? And God's prepared a home for you, a place for you. See, our problem is we get ourselves so focused on what's going on outside of us. We let the world turn us inside out. We let others control us. You know what? Our focus shouldn't be on what's going on outside, but our focus should be on what God's doing inside. He has imputed and infused into your life His holy goodness. And now He looks at you and He says, You are good because He sees Himself in you. Will you let Him be seen in you? God loves you this morning. Praise His name for the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Listen, if you're a guest, hope to see you in the guest center. Got a job use card for you. Make sure you come back tonight. You ought to be the happiest people in the world because you have the fruit of patience, the fruit of kindness, and the fruit of goodness. Daryl, will you close us in prayer? Oh, we Lord, we love your goodness. We love all the creative ways you show us. God, as we approach this next week, you continue to remind us, never let us out of your sight, never let us forget one moment how good you've been and how good you want to be to us. And we want to be good, we want to be kind. We just want to demonstrate who you are to this world that needs you so badly. Haven't you been good, Lord? Oh, yeah. 
All this we pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, have a great week serving the Lord.